Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, babies in their diapers, welcome to the Tiberius Show with your host, Tiberius Boy! That's me, Tiberius! Well, today we're going to talk about some very awesome stuff. We have a video about building a factory in a tower defense, a book about a lost city, and we have a totally awesome guest. Today we have the one, the only, the amazing Matthew Story. Matthew is an archives historian at the State Archives of Florida. Hey, Tiberius. I'm, I'm so glad to be here and, and to get to talk a little bit about uh, archives and, and what I do. I think it's really fun stuff. Well, thank you. Well, today, we're going to start off with a video game of the week, and this is going to be a battle. And now it's time for the video game of the week. And now it's time for the video game of the week. Today's video game is Mindustry. This game is made by Akundev. This is a game on the Steam platform for $10. And well, that's not how I learned about it. I found it on the Google Play Store for free so you can play on your phone or tablet. And this is the only game from Akundev. So first, you all know my dad loves factory games. And I love tower defense games. Well, this is kind of both combined. The factories are not too complicated, but does allow for conveyor belts to move resources to the home base or to move ammo to the weapon towers to defend the base. All right, so it's kind of like it's a little bit of a strategy game because you have to build up the 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 supplies right mm -hmm. to get it all to the towers. I I like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a timer at the top of the screen, and very important, you're allowed to pause it. This is key. You're allowed to plan out your factory and belts and even weapon towers. All while the game is paused, and then you can execute the build order when you have unpaused the game. As long as you have the resources, it will build your items in the order that you gave them. This sounds like it's up my alley because I don't, I don't think very fast. I like to be able to pause. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't want that pressure on me, Tiberius. I don't like to do it live. I want to pause. That makes sense. Now, when each round timer is up, the enemy will send a wave of units to attack your base. If you have enough weapons filled with ammo, you will be able to defeat them. There are ground and air units, and of course, ground and air weapons. Now, after you complete enough rounds, you are able to move locations to another zone that has enemy waves on it. And you slowly take over to control the entire planet. And there's a cool tech system that unlocks more complicated items and weapons over time. So it's like a, it's like a world map, and then each each individual game is is on a section of it, I guess. Yeah, a hexagonal uh section. Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's hexes. That makes sense. That's cool. This is like a big area map, but yeah, yeah. I give Ministry nine out of ten stars because I really enjoyed this game and saw my dad spending over forty hours playing it. Well, I found playing on the computer was way easier than on the cell phone. I suggest anyone that really likes tower defense to try this. I'll check it out. Thank you. And now it's time for the book of the week, Keeper of the Lost Cities. This book was written by Shannon Messenger. Let me read you the back of the book. In fact, Matthew, would you like to do the honors? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Um, hold on here. I, Tiberius had to print it out. So here we go. Uh, 12-year-old Sophie Foster has a secret. She's a telepath and has a unique ability to hear the thoughts of everyone around her something she's never known how to explain, and this has made her an outcast, even in her own family. But she meets a person that does something to her and shows her something. 
This is an Arab work that is worth 10 whole points. That's a whole lot of points. It's rated for 5th grade and 1st month. So, this book is about humans and elves and how they are in two worlds and only elves can be in the elf world and humans can be in the human world. But some people made a path where only elves can go into the human world and humans cannot go into the elf world. But this is a different case with a girl named Sophie Foster. She's a 12-year-old girl who goes to school, but she can read minds. And the problem is no one knows it but her. But it does not work on humans. It only works on elves. And then one day, Sophie was met by someone while walking home, and she could read the mind of him. And his mind was saying that she does not belong there, but instead in another place. And if she stays there, she will be in grave danger. So, what's the guy's name? Well, his name is Fitz, and he teleports her, like, legit teleports her to the elf world. Well, what does that mean? Well, I want you to find out what's happening by reading this book yourself. That does sound pretty neat. I like fantasy books like that. You know, I, I like uh, I like a little magic, a little mind reading. That's uh, it's a nice break. You know, I read a lot of history all day, so when I get home, I tend to I tend to reach for something uh, sci-fi or fantasy like that. Okay, I give Hubert the Lost Cities nine out of ten stars because I really enjoyed the story from the very different people in the story. And now it's time for an interview of an interesting person. Today's guest is going to be so much fun. Today we have the one, the only, the amazing Matthew Story. Matthew is the archives historian at the State of Archives of Florida. Yeah, I, I'm so glad I'm here. Thank you again for inviting me. Uh, and yeah, I totally think I have an interesting job. Even if it's me saying it, um, I have a blast every day. Okay, so first off, how are you enjoying being on the show? Oh, this is so much fun. That you know, doing doing things like this, you know, making appearances, visiting with people, uh, is one of my favorite parts of of my job, and it is a big part of my job. So I'm uh, <laughs> I'm having a great time today. Okay, so you were listed as the archives historian for the State Archives of Florida. So for my listeners that have no idea, what exactly does that all mean? Right. So, so that's kind of a two-parter. Number one uh, is what we do at the State Archives of Florida. So to put it really short, you know, really briefly, um, we are the repository for all of Florida's state government records. So this is everything from, you know, like the laws and even going back, you know, to the 1800s, the laws of Florida, but also things like pictures and audio recordings and there's videos, there's all sorts of stuff. Now, where I fit into all that as the archives historian is that, number one, I am an expert researcher in the type of thing that the state of Florida has. Mm -hmm. uh, and number two, I do a lot of work to digitize Florida's historic records, make them available online so that people can use them from anywhere. You know, they don't have to come and visit us. We love visitors, but um, there's a lot of stuff I'm going to try and make sure you can see on your couch, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there it is in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. So this is all about records. What kind of records are we talking about? Like the old round things my dad used to own? So so not quite. You know, we do have a few of those. We've got some vinyl records. Then those are going to be sound recordings. Um, no, Tiberius, what we're talking about here is records in the larger sense. You know, this is mm. um, anything that you could record information on. So uh, when we're talking about government records, the majority of 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 our things are going to be, you know, paper, things written down on paper, either by hand or typed. But we've got, uh, as you say, vinyl records. We've got audio cassettes. We've got 
you know, 35 millimeter movie film, anything that you can use to store information is what an archives is going to be interested in. Okay. So when did you know that this was the job for you? Uh, so that's a, that's a really great question. You know, like when I was growing up, when I was younger, I was always into history. I like to read history and think about it. Uh, and you know, in college I studied history, but it wasn't until later in my college career uh, and getting into grad school, did I start doing research in an archives? That is to say, um, not, you know, just reading history books. Those are important too, but in archives, you're going to find firsthand, you know, historic resources right so it's it's not going to say oh well the governor wrote somebody a letter you can find the letter you can find it with the yeah. governor's signature right it, it's it's that that primary source material and so when i knew this was the job for me is when i i walked into an archives the first time uh and i you know i asked to i asked to view my you know, whatever I was researching at the time. And they just brought me out a box of stuff and said, here it is. You can see it. it you know, it's, it's not like it's secret. Like it's, it's, it's here for you. Um, and so opening that first box and, you know, I saw like hundreds, thousands of pages just ready for me to, to read through. I, I thought, wow, that's super cool. Mm -hmm. Well, when you do the research, how do you know the information is true and not just stuff posted on the internet? Yeah, you know, Tiberius, that's a really big part of this job. And so, you know, there are a, a lot of ways to start putting together some clues. Um, the truth is that evaluating sources is a big part of being a historian and, and being an archivist. So there are a few things I'm going to be looking at, um, you know, thinking about things like who wrote this record and why, you know, like when I sit down and write, you know, an email to my boss, I'm not going to say like, Dear boss, I really screwed up bad today, and here's a list of all the ways I did it, right? You know, like everybody's got a little bit of a perspective, and, and that's built in. That's okay. Um, when we're talking about historic records, too, or looking at the work of other historians, we're going to be looking for, you know, do they cite their sources and stuff like that. Anytime I'm talking about what a historic record says, I'm going to make sure that you can go back and find it yourself, right? So yeah. you don't have to take my word for it. You can go and look at the thing too. Uh, you know, follow my steps if you want to put it that way. It, it's kind of like, um, you know, in, in the scientific method, there's always, you want to record your experiment so you can repeat it. That's what citations do for a historian. Is it, it points other people okay. to the same resources so that you can see what I'm talking about. Okay. Well, why is saving all this stuff important? Uh, well, you know, that's a that's a big question and it's important you know number one because again these are these are i mentioned earlier the first-hand records yeah. of the past so even from that level it is important that we we preserve that because that's how we can know what people in the past thought but um and it's extra important when we're talking about the state archives of florida because we're a government archives and so yeah. we're not just keeping records about the past uh, we're also keeping records about what the government did and why they did it. And so, yeah, you know, we've got the laws uh, that the governor signed all the way back to 1822. And so um, if there's ever a question like, gosh, what does that law say? Well, we can go and look at the, the actual thing the governor signed into law and, and we can know for sure what it says. There's no guessing. Okay. And so a government archives has some you know, government accountability functions too. So we can, we can have a record of, of what was done and why. 
that's really important. Okay. So, are there any rules about what should be saved and what should be thrown away? Yes. Um, in fact, Tiberius, there's all kinds of rules. Um, so, as you can imagine, right, when we're talking about the government of Florida, um, there's a lot of people like me who work in government offices and they make a lot of records every day. Uh, and there's no way we could keep all of it. You know, so like we have all these rules and guidelines that say, you know, what type of record you're looking at and how long you should think about keeping it. So, you know, for example, like if I took a trip, okay, and I, I you know, I, I rented a vehicle with, you know, you know, I had to put gasoline in it, right? I might need to keep that receipt for the gas for like yeah. 30 days, you know, okay, we don't need to know historically that Matthew Story bought gasoline to, to go someplace in his car. Um, we can assume probably I use some gasoline, right? So the receipts maybe yeah. not so important, but, um, you know, equally, you know, maybe we're thinking about other government offices and uh, we're talking about a court, right? And somebody buys a piece of property in Florida. There's a, you know, there's a document called a deed that says yeah. you know, what, what that person owns. Well, that record needs to be kept forever. So there, there yeah. are you know, things, all sorts of things between gasoline receipts and like permanent historical records um, that other people I work with kind of help state agencies figure all that stuff out and you know, what do they need to keep and how. Mm-hmm. Especially um, the Constitution as well. Yeah, that's right. We do have uh, we have several state constitutions. You know, Florida's had a few constitutions over time. They are all very significant historically, uh, of course. So those kind of things, there's no question about it. We would keep those. Absolutely. Okay. So if you work for the state of Florida, does that make you a government employee? Absolutely, it does. Uh, I, I am. I am. I work for the Department of State. Ultimately, the State Archives of Florida. are a part of the Florida Department of State. Um, Now, our department does all kinds of other stuff, too. So that's archives and historic preservation. Um, The library, the state library is is part of this, too. But also the Department of State handles like business filings in Florida. Mm. um, And they also help run elections in this state. So a lot of stuff happens uh, besides the archives. Uh, so I have uh, I have just a little slice of uh, Department of State business I take care of. Okay. So does it take a lot of training to be an archives historian? It does. So um, it's, a, it's a fair bit. So I have a, a graduate degree. I have a master's degree. Uh, I studied history uh, in college, and I earned my bachelor's degree at Mississippi State University. And then I moved to Tallahassee to go to Florida State University for graduate school. Uh, And there I kind of specialized in public history, which is um, thinking about, you know, historic archives and museums and talking about history and how do we how do we take history and make it useful to people. So um, that is not the only path to get into a job like this. There are people who work in archives, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, with library science school and stuff like that. Uh, my job is a little interesting in that, you know, I, I kind of I kind of wear two hats. I'm an archivist and I'm a historian. Um, mm. There's a lot of overlap between those two. Uh, archives and archivists are more they're more about keeping records and making sure they're organized and, and findable. And a historian is more about analyzing what the records actually say and yeah. what they tell us about the past. Well, did you have to change your name to story? 
Oh, no, no, I did not have to change my name. I, I got this name for my birthday, as a matter uh, of fact. Yeah. Wow. So, who can access all the records that you've saved, and can they get it online as well? That is, like, my favorite part of this job, Tiberius. So, anybody can access our records. In fact, like, the law that sets up the State Archive says that the records are open to any person, right? That's that's it, any person. You don't have to live in Florida. You don't even have to live in the United States. Like, I've sent, you know, images of, of documents. You know, I can't send the original thing in the mail, but, like, I'll take a picture and send it to somebody around the world. Um, and all told, okay, this is the question about what do we have online. We have a lot online. Uh, we have a website called floridamemory.com where you can find a lot of our records uh, accessible from anywhere you have internet connection, right? Um, and we've been going on Florida Memory like 29 years that program's been running. Uh, and in that time, we've digitized close to like a million records. I think it might be more like 750,000 records. Uh, so that's a whole lot, right? That is less than 1% of everything we have on the shelves. So even that big number there, you know, that's more than I could ever read like in my life. Um, that only that 1% is online. All told, we have got 50,000 boxes of historic records here at the State Archives. Uh, most of them you can walk in and view off the street or, you know, we can take you a picture on demand or something. Uh, if you stacked all that stuff up, Tiberius, it would be like 10 miles high, to give you another idea. Jeez. Oh, yeah. It's it's really, it's a, it's a lot. Isn't that in space? <laughs> I, I don't know where space starts, but it's uh, pretty well, darn tall. Um, if it's 10, if it's 100,000 kilometers, then no, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Uh, you know, we just keep it on shelves. You know, we don't stack it all up there. one by one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we have a whole lot, and, and anybody can see it. Okay. All they have to do is ask. Yeah. So what is the best part about being an archives historian? So, you know, my favorite part is actually kind of what we're doing now. So I, I love, as, you know, as part of my job, I get to talk to people about, you know, not only what do we have at the State Archives of Florida, but, you know, what kind of history – you can use those resources for. You know, I talk to people all the time doing all sorts of different research. Maybe they're interested in like their family history or maybe they're interested in, you know, the history of railroads in Florida or steamboats or, you know, like tourist attractions and stuff like that. There's all kinds of different ways you can use um, historical records and not just ours. Um, but I love to chat with people about what they're doing and, and how they're making all this stuff useful to them, right? There's, there's, there's no rule saying, you know, what is and is not useful history. It's, it's all cool to me, and I love to talk about it. Okay. So what's the hardest part about doing this type of work? So the hard parts are, um, you know, there's a lot of reading involved, especially, you know, when you're, when you're trying to, you know, maybe we're, we're looking at a new collection of records and we're trying to figure out like gosh what was this stuff you know used for why does it look the way it is you you have to uh bring together a lot of different information about you know who made it and why and when and you know there could be other stuff like sometimes we run into really old documents that are in spanish and 
Uh, that's hard for a different reason. I don't I don't speak Spanish and certainly don't read, you know. Neither do I. 18th century, you know, colonial Spanish. That's like a, a whole nother layer on top of it. So th there are definitely that's some the old English. That's right. Yeah. And so you got to you got to put together all of these context clues sometimes to figure out um, what exactly it is you're looking at, let alone what it says. Yeah. Well, what is the craziest thing that's happened while you were doing your passion? Oh, you know, the, uh, the, the crazy things, that's, that's a tough question. And, and, you know, when we're working with historic records, you know, there's, there's relatively crazy, right? It, it's all, it's all pretty tame around here. I'd have to think about that for just a second. I, um, you know, ultimately probably what's, what always sticks out to me is, is the type of questions that I get and, and, you know, there's some stuff Tiberius I can just I can never anticipate uh, where you know an email comes in or you know one of my colleagues walks to my desk and they're like hey I'm looking for you know I'm looking for like tax returns from this county or something and that, I, why do you need to know that um, but again this is what I like because inevitably uh, why they need to know it is like you know Big. some angle some piece of research I'd never thought of it's like wow that's a new way of looking at it um, yeah. So I try and I try and learn some things through those uh, through those off the wall questions. So I got to visit the archives with you, and you show me the constitutions. Does it require yeah. a lot of security to ensure that they're safe? Sure. So you know w when we talk about security, when you, when, when you visited, uh, you know remember we went upstairs yeah. um, into our we call it the stacks. It's just where we stack Special up all the boxes. elevators, right? Um, so you know there is like physical access. You need to you know be a member of the staff to, to, to get up there and see it. But when we think about security of something like the Constitution, uh, and you saw the 1838 Constitution, right? So that's that's pretty darn old, man. Yeah. Um, we're When we're thinking about security, we're thinking more about like preservation. So part of the reason why we had to go up there is we don't let that document see daylight. You know, yeah. sun, sunlight will fade paper. Um, and, you know, we keep it in, you know, air conditioning and climate controls. Yeah. So we're thinking more about how to make sure it physically lasts as long as it can. Yeah, because we don't like light damage, do we? Yeah, not at well, all. Well, do you shove a fake one like in the movie National Treasure? No, my friend, you saw the real thing. Let's go. The real thing. Yeah. And so, you know, security wise, like, um, you know, National Treasure, you always think like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to steal the Constitution. Uh Nobody needs to steal the Constitution. They can just come ask to see it. You know, we we got uh, we got copies available online. You can you can look at it, see what it says. You can come inspect it. Um, we're just keeping it for you. You know, it, it uh, the document belongs to everybody. Can't put lemon drops on it, but <laughs> oh no no please don't. <laughs> if you ever come back, don't bring don't bring some lemon drops. I, will, up, I, will, man. I, will. I don't want you to do that. Well, luckily it's encased in glass. You know. Yeah, that's right. It, it is the real thing in there. It, you know, it's kind of framed up so that uh, we don't have to handle it directly, but uh, that's it. You saw it. Yeah. So what's that one record or piece of research that you will never forget? The piece of research I will never forget is is uh, actually <laughs> from when I was in graduate school. I studied like the history of disaster preparedness Ooh. in Florida. Um, and well, I'll never forget it because that is just one question that I thought about really hard for two years of my life. Do you figure um, it out? Well, you know, history is funny in that 
there's there's never there's never like a yes or no, no answer, answer or there's rarely a yes or no answer but i think i i think i understand it i think you know i i kind of made an argument about how it works that i think is accurate so that is okay that's how you do history you know um nobody nobody would doubt that florida had you know emergency management it's all about how did it work what did they think they were doing how do we think about it now? That's that's more the questions I'm considering um, in you know that academic historian's work. Well, what advice would you give to my listeners if they wanted to grow up and be an archive historian? Sure. So you know, being a historian is I think is a great gig. Uh, never gets old. I like to say, my t- you know if I had to give you one piece of advice, it would be to learn to read and write very well and you know i don't mean reading like speed reading or anything like that i mean reading to pick apart you know what is what is the argument of a book you know what are the sources thinking critically about what something says about the past but also you know writing is the other side of that coin is it's okay to think one thing about history but you need to communicate that too effectively and so uh reading and writing are really the keys to this job uh, okay. Not for nothing. It's a lot of research. Okay. Well, what was the best advice that you've ever received, and who gave you that advice? The best advice I ever received. Okay. Um, you know, this is not even like specific to my job. This is just, this is advice from my mom, um, from Mama Story. Um, she says, just show up uh, in your life. You know, if your friend invites you out to dinner, or you know, if there's an event going on in town or you got like an opportunity one. or something at work, show up, you know, it, nothing, nothing happens. Uh, nothing good's going to happen unless you're there. Uh, well, I'm sure plenty of good things will happen, but you might miss it. Right. So um, I, I try and keep that in mind a lot is, is whatever's going on, try and show up um, more ways than one. Okay. Well, what was the very first job that you've ever had? My first job uh, Tiberius, I was a pool lifeguard in high school. Wow. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, up there on the chair, you know, I had my, had my, had my red. Well, uh, did you learn anything chair. about the job? Um, or was there anything that, that you learned from the job that helped you be a better archives historian? Oh, um, from that <laughs> job, I, I guess no running. Um, no, this is, this is not my first job, but uh, another job I had when I was younger, I was a soccer referee. Ooh. And that did help me because I had to learn and know really well all of the rules of soccer. And there's like a whole book of rules of soccer. Yeah. Um, if you're going to be a referee, you got to have the rules in the archive. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, if you're going to be a referee, you got to you got to know that stuff pretty well. So that was um that was a pretty early experience in, in, well, a type of research, researching the rules of a game. Yeah. So what message do you want to tell children all over the world about doing the work that you do? Um, what message do I want to tell? Okay, so I think I would say that, um, you know, archives and history are really fun because history is is not like some distant thing you know that you read about in a textbook history happens all the time history doesn't have to be like you know wars and you know like big treaties and stuff like that history can also be like who lived in your neighborhood um what did your grandparents and great-grandparents 
do for for work what was life like for them um there are historians of all sorts of stuff there are historians of theme parks and of movies there are historians of like seasoning for cooking you know there's all sorts of stuff history can be a lot of really interesting things that add up into the way life is today so like keep an eye out for it um history's all around that's what i would say okay now my dad said that you'd also do outreach and presentations can you tell me more about that yeah sure tiberius uh i mean in part i'm doing it right now right uh, outreach is nothing more than talking about the state archives yeah. and our programs, right, and, and how people can use us. Some other examples, though, you know, I, I might go do a research workshop uh, and help walk people through certain kinds of research. You know, that might be doing your genealogy and learning about your family history, or that might be, you know, land records and tracking that stuff down. Um, other times I might present on a certain historical topic. You know, I've done a few presentations just on communities or certain buildings you know historic structures so uh it all comes back around to the cool stuff that you can do with the state archives of florida's resources um and and just again making sure that people know that we're here Mm -hmm. and that they can use our resources that's what we're here for we're here yeah well what was the coolest place that you got to do a presentation about the state archives so the coolest I'll say the coolest presentation, uh, it was actually just virtual, so the place was um, my desk that I'm sitting at right now. But I got to be a part of a presentation for Florida History Day um, in how to do primary source research. And so Florida History Day is a, it's a program in like schools in Florida. It's kind of like the science fair, uh. but for history. So I, I got to, I think I was live in gosh, I don't know how many classrooms around the state, but getting to talk about history to a lot of people. And, um, wow. you know, I, I, I keep track of History Day. I, you know, I've seen some of the projects and kind of seeing all of the different things that, you know, students in Florida have thought is cool about history and all of their projects. It was really fun. It's really neat to see. Okay. Well, since you love history, if you could go back 10 years and tell yourself something, what would it be? Oh, geez. Like, go back in time. Okay. Ten, ten years. years ago, ten years ago, I'll have, been, I'll have been in college still. And I think I might have even started studying history by that time. So I think I'd tell myself, keep at it. Um, it's going to pay off. You're, you're going you're gonna to land a pretty cool gig. Okay. Well, what was the biggest mistake you ever made, and how did it change you as a person? Whoa. All right. Uh, the biggest mistake I ever made. I don't know if this is like the single biggest, but it's something I think about a little bit um, is, you know, when I was when I was younger, you know, I, I, I wasn't necessarily like thinking about, you know, the past the way I do now. And, you know, I, I wish when I was younger, I had taken more of an interest in like you know, members of my family, my grandparents, my great grandparents, and kind of, uh, you know, been more deliberate, I guess, made more of a point to, you know, talk to them about like their life story and, and listen to those stories. And, and, you know, that's, uh, you know, sadly, a lot of them have passed on by now. And it's uh, something I wish I had done. Yeah. So when you're not working, what do you do for fun? Let's see, you know, I, I do a few different things for fun. Uh, you know, 
when I go home, I don't just sit and do more history. I, I love to ride my bike. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cyclist. I like to go out for a couple hours at a time. Uh, I do a lot of reading, uh, typically like sci-fi and fantasy novels. Um, like to go see, you know, see a movie, hang out with my friends. I, I, uh, I play a few video games. You know, I was into that game of the week, uh, and I may be trying that when I when I'm off work here pretty soon. So, yeah, you know, that's that's the kind of thing I'm into. Okay, well, what was your favorite book to read? My all-time favorite, uh, and gosh, I probably read these books like once a year. Is the Lord of the Rings. I just love those stories. I thought you were going to a history book, but okay. Uh, you know, uh, it, I, I get a lot of history reading done at work. You know, uh, my favorite all-time book. You know, I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna come back. Lord to, of the Rings, uh, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Okay, okay. Can you tell me that one story? You know, remember this is a kid show, but the one story, well, that you're not supposed to tell me about. Come on, you can tell me. Oh, okay. You want you want the juicy stuff. All right, I'll tell you. So, okay, so you visited the archives, Tiberius. You've seen what it's like up there. It's yeah. all like identical cardboard boxes. Yeah. Um, I want it's to cool. preface this by saying I always find them again. Uh, once or twice, you know what happens? I'll, I'll I'll lose a box, you know, temporarily, and and then I wind up having to like you know retrace my steps from like the day before and and i always find it it's just like good, 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 good. i i swapped them out you know that you know box a went in box b's place or something like that um so there's a little yeah there's a little behind the scenes a uh, little peek behind the curtains into uh, the state archives is that um sometimes i gotta go double check where i put something don't tell nobody <laughs> okay well, is there anything else you think my listeners should know about you? Yeah, you know, there, there's there's one thing uh, I did want to mention is that um, anybody can use our records. I, I did mention that before, but I didn't mention how. Uh, find us online, online. floridamemory.com. Uh, you can view a lot of a lot of archival records there, even like pictures and movies. We have like music recordings from way back into the 1930s that's all on floridamemory.com and if anybody has like questions for us we have you know of course i answer a lot of questions from the public but mm-hmm. we've got like a full staff of other archivists who are who are ready to answer your questions if you're like if you're doing historical research yeah we love to help people Ask one so, of them. so <laughs> hop on florida memory send us some questions yeah well, do you have a Facebook or Instagram for my listeners who want to follow you? Um, we do. Uh, Florida Memory is on Instagram, and you can uh, you know follow us and see like um, you know usually some some neat selections from our from our collections. And then the State Archives of Florida, uh, as a whole, is also on Facebook. You can find us there too. But what about you yourself? Me myself, I am not much of a social media user. I'm afraid. Um, so. I, you know, I don't, I don't have a handle to share. Okay. Well, what I is know, a... that's embarrassing. <laughs> Trust me, it's not. Well, what is that one question that you think I forgot to ask you? Uh, well, what is my favorite, what is my favorite thing in the archives? Of course. What do you say? What a good question. Um, <laughs> my favorite thing. Okay. We've got. Uh, it's it's like 20 boxes. It's this whole big collection of records Whoa. from back in 1985 okay. 
there was a contest to design a license plate for the state of Florida. And we have a bunch of entries from that contest. And what I really love about them so much is that um, a lot of like elementary school classrooms made entries into the contest. And so we have all these lovely, you know, drawings of license plates about just what anybody and everybody thought, like, what do you need to know about Florida when you're stuck behind me in traffic? And so, the, you know, there's all kinds of, like, fun drawings. Of, I remember of, you showed me some of them. Uh, I may have shown them to you. When people when people come to the Saks with me for a tour, they usually do see those. Not for nothing. They're my favorite. Yeah. They're super fun. There's, like, all these crayon drawings. And it's like they put gorgeous. little notes for their friends. Yeah, and, like, palm trees, notes for their friends. Yeah, yeah it's a blast, and it's... It's really great to see, like, those are not people who, you know, work in government offices like yeah. I do, but they're, they're still part of history. We still get to we still get to see those perspectives, and that's really special. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Matthew, for being my special guest. Can you stick around for Math Corners? Okay, yeah, I'm ready for some math. Let's go. Tiberius' favorite subject... It's Math Corners! Well, now it's time for Math Corners. Thank you so much, Matthew, for helping me with Math Corners. This week, we're going to do some more multi-step word problems. My dad is always good at finding new problems for me to solve. Today, we're going to talk about traveling. All right, well, don't thank me yet, Tiberius. Let's let's get into it. <laughs> Dang it. You got me laughing. I'm going to see what I can do for you. <laughs> well, Tommy's planning a trip to Madrid to do some research. He starts with $984.20 to save his account and uses $381.80 to buy his plane ticket. Then, he transfers one-fourth of his remaining savings to his checking account, so I have some spending money for a trip. So how much money is left in Tommy's savings account? Okay, so... I got you, don't worry. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, first, this is a real-world problem because we do know that researchers do have to travel sometimes to get some answers. Oh, yeah. All do you? Uh, me, personally, not so much because I am really fortunate to work in the same building with, um, well, all of the, the records I need. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I'm right here at the source. Yeah. So to solve this issue, you have to first find out how much is in the account after the plane ticket. So you subtract the $381.80 from the $984.20, and then okay. you get $602.40. That was easy, right? You had to divide it by 4 to find out how much you transferred into the checking account. So $602.4.4 divided by 4 is 1, and then a 5, and then a 0, 6 with a decimal. And you get $150.60. But wait, that's not the answer. They want to know how much he has left. So I have to subtract the $150.60 from the $602.40, and they get $451.80. And that is the answer. I'm impressed you were able to keep track of all that in your head, because I'm sure I, I'm, I'm jotting stuff down over here. I'm trying to keep up. Uh, but yeah, that's the two-parter. You gotta, you gotta yeah, make sure you, gotta, you, you get that quarter, the three-quarter yeah. is left over. Now, Matthew, my teacher said that I would use math every day. Do you use math in your work? Uh, I use math, you know, a fair bit. Like, you know, in 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 history, we're primarily interested in uh, anytime something is being counted, um, and of course, dates. Uh, 
you know, years and dates are, are the numbers I'm going to be using most often. But there are some projects where, um, you know, some of my, some of my math skills, I got to dust them off. Lately, especially, I've been looking at a lot of Florida's county tax rolls. Um, you know, that is like county by county, who paid what amount of money in taxes and for what. And so those are really interesting historically because it does tell us a lot of things like who owned a car and who owned a gold pocket watch and how much land did they have. Um, and part of telling that is figuring out what did that person pay in taxes and working backwards to see um, what they were paying that money on. It's an interesting uh, historical resource for sure. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Matthew, for your help with Math Corners. Happy to be of service. And now it's time for the heart of a lion. As you know, we talk about the qualities of living by the heart of a lion, which stands for leadership, integrity, obedience, and nobility. This week, we're going to talk about integrity. For me, I think integrity is doing what is right even when no one else is looking. The qualities of integrity is honesty, sincerity, truthfulness, and fairness. So, I was near the dollar store, and I saw a man walking, and he dropped his wallet. The homeless man standing against the building ran up to pick it up and then yelled out to the man that dropped it. The man was ignoring the homeless man, and the homeless guy ran after the man and handed him the wallet. Now, the man said thanks and did not even give the homeless guy any money, but it was a good example of integrity because the homeless guy, I'm sure he needed whatever money was in the wallet, but instead he found his proper owner anyway. This is honesty and truthfulness. Yeah, it's a good deed. Mm-hmm. So, Matthew, did you see her use integrity at all this week? Yeah, I did. Um, so we'll we'll zoom pretty far out for this one, but it, it's been a big week, Tiberius, in my family um, because my sister's just graduated physical therapy school. She's going to be a physical therapist, and she's um, going to be working you know, in the community where she lives, and, and she chose to do that because she thinks it's important to to use that, you know, use those skills and use that knowledge to, you know, to help the folks who she shares the city with. And I think that's a really cool, I think that's a really cool thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, shout out to my sister, Rachel. I think that's a, I think that's a cool decision. Okay. So of all of the heart of a lion virtues, which is the one that you see the most? You know, I think I see pretty often, and, and what I like to see, you know, what I what I look for is integrity, uh, just in life. Because you know, I, I think uh, I think keeping an eye out for for good deeds, you know, for people looking out for each other, you know, like you were like you were saying with you know the story about the wallet, I, that stuff makes me uh, makes me feel good, you know, to see people helping each other out. And so, uh, integrity is 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 what I'm on the lookout for, and that's what I was what I often see. I'm pleased to say. Well, we should always try and be lying strong in everything we do, shouldn't we? I think so. And that's our show, folks. I want to thank the one, the only, the amazing Matthew Story for being on my show. It has been so much in talking to you today. I think we're going to learn a lot about being an archive historian and doing all that research. Thanks, Siberius. Yeah, it was a blast. I'm so glad you invited me. I, um, you know, I'll say again, if anybody wants to check us out, find us on Florida Memory, find the State Archives of Florida on Facebook, and, and you know, we'll be happy to hear from you. 
Also, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at the Tiber You Show. And please be sure to visit the Tiber You Show on YouTube and subscribe. Also, be sure to listen to us next week on the Tiber You Show with your host, Tiberius Boy!